Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Claudia Capalvo. She is the Regional Director of Fashion Group International Toronto and a professor of fashion, marketing, and public relations at various colleges and universities. How are you doing today, Claudia? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. How's your day going so far? It's been really great. I'm happy to see sunshine today. That makes me very happy. Yes, sunshine <laughs> makes all the difference in the world. And it's supposed it to be quite warm today, so that'll be nice. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share with us a bit about your story and your journey. I'm looking forward to jumping in and having this conversation with you. I appreciate you taking the time. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. It was an honor to be asked, so I'm looking forward to it. It is my pleasure and my honor completely, Claudia. So let's jump right in. So as I mentioned, you're the Regional Director of Fashion Group International Toronto. You have worked in the fashion industry for over 15 years, working in media, marketing, television, events, and social media. You've worked at multiple magazines. You're a professor at Humber, Sheridan, Seneca, teaching fashion, and then you even worked for the NBA. How on earth do you find the time for all of the things you do? You know what? I've been very fortunate that I've had the opportunity to do so much. And um, really, it was quite a blessing. And, you know, it's just it's things that I enjoy doing. I think when you're passionate and you're interested about something, you just dive right in and you find the time to be able to do all these things. So I, I don't do them all full time, uh, obviously, with now with the things I'm doing in the fashion industry. But, yeah, it's just it's been a really great ride and a, a great experience so far. And I'm looking forward to what's to come. Amazing. Now, the NBA came before your venture into fashion, I'm assuming. Can you talk to us a bit about your time working in the NBA and what you did for the NBA? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I actually graduated in mathematics. I was actually a math teacher before (laughs) I jumped into the NBA. I know it's quite the story. Mm. So I started out as a math teacher. And um, then when I was you know, going through schooling, I had an opportunity to work for an organization called the World Championship of Basketball. Okay. And they were looking for a marketing coordinator. So I had to apply for the position. I, I was working with them for a little while. And then when I graduated, I actually, on my last year of graduation, I received a call from the National Basketball Association saying, hey, you came really highly recommended from your work that you did with World Championship. Would you be interested in working for the NBA? And so I'll be honest with you, you know, coming from mathematics and my interest and passion in school was in fashion. I was like, well, you know, I'm not sure, but, you know, it seemed like a really cool experience. And Uh I thought I thought it it would be something new and cool to try. So I went in there thinking I would probably be there for a year or two. And Uh I ended up staying for nine years and an incredible experience. Um, I ended up, you know, working with some of the, the, the best people in the league. And it was at the time when Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, and Scottie Pippen, I mean, you had the icons of oh, yes, the basketball industry. Yeah, so it was really <laughs> cool. 
So I ended up traveling with the, the NBA and um, doing all the all-star events and such. And so that's how I, I got involved in there. And, you know, I started out in as their, their marketing coordinator. And mm-hmm. uh, by the time I left, I was their uh, senior manager of marketing, media and events. So was able to do all the grassroots and uh, all the broadcasting as well. So it was a really great experience. Incredible. What a journey. That must have been such well, an amazing time and an incredible nine years, I'm sure. And I'm sure you learned a ton. Well, you know, the iconic thing really was when the Raptors won the finals, yeah. because, you know, when you look at back that I was there from day one, like when, when we first started the NBA in Canada, it was myself and my boss, Kendera, and there was just, oh, wow. so to see from really grassroots starting in Canada to where they became, it was just, it was a really iconic moment and, and a great time to celebrate for sure. For almost definitely. Do you miss working in that world? You know what? I don't miss it. Um, like I still watch, you know, basketball games on TV and, mm-hmm. and um, I really, I feel like everything has its time. And, right. uh, you know, I was very lucky to be at the time where Michael Jordan, all these great players were playing. And I think it was, uh, and Vince Carter, you know, it was, it was really a great time to be a part of something that was growing. So I always look at my experiences as things that we learn from and then grow from and move on from. So, okay. um, yeah, so I, I absolutely think it was an incredible part, but it was part of my journey to where I yeah. am today. Yeah. How did that transition out of the sports and entertainment world into fashion happen? <laughs> like, I mean, it's I know, crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. So after um, I left the NBA, I actually went into broadcasting for a few years. I was working at City TV for a few years. And then um, there was an opportunity that came up for Flair magazine. And I was a subscriber of Flair. I loved fashion. Like I said, I, when I was in high school, I was I was that girl in high school that would match the earrings with the bracelets with the socks. <laughs> like I was that girl, right? So, so I always had that you know that fashion in me when I was younger. Yeah. But you know, at the time when you're talking like so many years ago, there weren't opportunities in the fashion industry as there is now because now there's everything from content creators and and um, you know being able to to get involved in so many different aspects of fashion with sustainability and and inclusivity and diversity and such. So those opportunities weren't there back then. So back then, you know, my my parents who were very conservative at the time would say to me, you know, that's great, love your passion, but make sure you have something to fall back on. So at the time I kind of benched it. And then, so when the opportunity came up for Flair, I was like, oh, this would be an amazing dream job. And so I applied for, it and I really, you know, worked very hard um, to be able to get the job. And um, once I did, I was there for seven years. It was amazing. And that's where my passion kind of reignited because I was sitting front row watching all these amazing designers with their collections season after season. I was like, this is where I was meant to be. And so that's where you, you realize you know, that's, that's where your heart and your passion lies. And uh, I haven't looked back. So after I left there, I decided to freelance and just be able to do the things that I love within the industry. And so that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm teaching fashion. I'm heading, you know, the largest fashion organization in Toronto um, and globally. And uh, so it's just been a really wonderful experience to be able to do the things that you love and being able to help others along the way. That right there is the most hands down, the most incredible feeling in the world when you find what you love to do and have what you love to do impact and help other people. There is no feeling like that in the world. You can't, you just, you can't even describe it fully. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All about you alluded to where you're, where you are now in your career. Can you talk a bit about the fashion group international Toronto and what they do and what it's all about? 
of what yeah, you do there? Absolutely. So I'm the regional director for okay. the Toronto chapter. So we are a global organization. We're in seven different countries all over the world. We've got uh, 26 chapters globally and over 6,000 members. So I head the Toronto division. We've got uh, just over 200 members in our chapter. And our mission is, it's a professional organization for people that are in the fashion industry. So it's, right. and it's not just fashion, meaning designers, it's anything that touches fashion. So right. if you think about a fashion photo shoot, it's not just about the clothes. It is about, you know, being able to do the backdrop, the photographer, the makeup artist, the hairstylist, it's everyone who touches the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. And so our mission is to, and my mission for the last two years has really been to empower, to educate and elevate all of our members. So you join, you apply to join the Fashion Group International, you have to go through New York headquarters to get approved, and then you have to go to our board of directors and for a final approval. And then once you become a member, it allows you the opportunity to, you know, engage with other members and network, collaborate, grow, learn new skills. Um, we bring in industry experts from all over to talk about various topics and being able to learn something new or something that may help your business. And um, so that's what we, we do. Every month we come up with different types of events and initiatives and programs that would help better our members and better our community. So I, I lead it for two years. Yeah. And this is my second year. I was actually saying to all of my, I call my, my members, my family, cause we really are, family. <laughs> yeah. we really are. We call each other. Like, you know, that's one of the things that I did when I took over is, is I say to everyone, you guys are my family and uh-huh. family helps each other. And that's what we're all about. For right? sure. So this, this company exists or group exists as, so there's photographers, there's makeup artists, there's fashion designers, there's a bit of everything in everyone. the group yeah. and it's all centered around fashion. But do you, is this a, a like a hub or a place where photographers can get jobs through the, through fashion group international Toronto? Yeah. So what it is, is the way that I see it is, you know, we're family and family helps each other out. Yeah. So if you, if you need a photographer, you look within your family to find right. a photographer. If right. you need a model, you look within your family, content creator, videographer, you know, designer, um, an expert on sustainability, an expert on, on business or finance. Like we're all a part of this family. So, okay. you know, we all try to help each other out. And if someone is seeking someone, yeah. they find someone within that community to be able to, you know, help each other both financially to be able to give business within one mm-hmm. another, but mm-hmm. also to be able to learn from each other and collaborate. And that's the beautiful thing about it. It's, it's really a, an amazing, powerful networking organization that allows people to connect with other people, but also to create really incredible things. It sounds like an amazing community. I mean, events and stuff that they can attend and learn about different things of the industry. It sounds like an incredible community to be part of. Well, we're, we're doing an amazing event. Um, it's actually coming up in May where we okay. do a mentors dinner where we take the top people in the industry and we get our members to choose who they'd love to have. A, we're going to do a virtual, a yeah. virtual intimate dinner with. And okay. so they'll be in a chat room with a, someone that they look up to. It could be like a Jeannie Becker. Like we have Jeannie yeah. Becker as one of our members. Uh, so uh, it would be sitting with someone that you've always looked up to, that you've always wanted to ask questions to. And you have an opportunity to have a virtual dinner with them and ask them anything that you'd like. That's very cool. So we're doing that in May. Yeah, it's going to be very really exciting. Cool. We've got some really great people in the industry. Amazing. Claudia, what would you say is your favorite part of your job? What lights you up the most about it? Honestly, Brad, it's the people, like, yeah. it's the people. Like 
every single time I jump on my my Zoom meetings right now and, <laughs> yeah. or when, when we go to events, you know, it's just, it's the community is so incredible and the people there are just so wonderful and everybody there is to help, is there to help each other. I've never seen such a strong, resilient community of individuals, especially when we hit this pandemic, mm-hmm. everybody was supporting everybody and giving shout outs on Instagram and TikTok. And it was just a beautiful thing to witness and to be a part of. And uh, that's one of the things that really lights me up is honestly, is just the people that I get to meet along the way. It's truly a blessing. That That's what we need right now. We need a lot more of that community and supporting each other and 100%. helping each other out, especially now more than ever. 100%. Yeah. And that's what we try to do. That's what we try to do every month. What inspires you the most about working in the fashion world overall? Oh gosh. Um, you know what? It, to me, it's just the creativity. It's the mm-hmm. uniqueness. It's the creativity that um, comes from within, from all of the amazing individuals within there. I think that really inspires me. I think, you know, being able to see the passion that people have uh, within the industry as well, the perseverance that they have and determination and, um, you know, just being able to hear their stories, like everything has a story. And I think that's so beautiful. And just to be able to sit back and listen to each person's individual story of how mm. they crafted something or the, you know, the family, uh, the family background on something or the historical background on something or, you know, the details of how they created this or that and what they incorporated into it or how they were able to protect the planet by using these recyclable materials. I think mm. it's so wonderful and that really inspires me a lot how did you get into the teaching side of things then at the colleges you work with how did that whole thing happen yeah so um what happened was and again and this is all about networking i always say the power of networking is is so strong and so when i joined fgi initially i joined as a member and then i was on the board the following year and one of the great things that and i would say to anyone is find yourself a really good mentor and I was very fortunate. I had met uh, a gentleman by the name of Roger Ginrich, and he was very well connected in the industry and was uh, very well established, knew a lot of people. And so every single time I would go to an event, I would say to him, he was like my number one cheerleader because he would give me the best introductions. We would go to an event and he'd be like, this is Claudia. She's da 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 da. And I'm like, wow, like that was a phenomenal introduction. Like, he'd just bring you everywhere. But, um, but it was wonderful because he would bring me to places or I would be at places and he would be there and he would always make sure that he introduced me to people in the industry and so I started to network more and more and then I got on the board and then from that point that's where I really just got myself like heavily involved in the industry and then one of the people that was a part of the board actually worked at one of the colleges and said hey we're looking for someone that could teach fashion and I said well my background is teaching and so Mm. and and I work in the fashion industry so it was kind of like what I love about this this universe Brad, yeah. everything kind of comes full circle so it's kind yeah. of funny that I started out being a teacher but my passion was in the fashion industry but I also was very strong in the maths and sciences so uh-huh. you know to be conservative I went through the math and sciences route but it's interesting to see that now I've combined the two things that I love teaching and fashion and so I started teaching at Humber College and then other colleges um, heard about me and then they started asking me if I could Uh, teach some courses there. And then that's how that's kind of developed. Okay. I was just going to say, you've been able to marry your two love and passions together into one. So that's, that's incredible. Yeah, I really have. I'm very blessed that way for sure. What lights you up the most about teaching? 
Oh, gosh. You know, it's just like I love being able to share my experiences and give them firsthand um, knowledge and experience and practice to the students. Like that's our next generation going into the workforce. So being able to share with them the things that I have experienced, um, being able to bring in industry experts to talk to them firsthand about this is what life is like in PR. And, you know, it's not always glamorous in the fashion industry. And so things like that. But I think it's it's wonderful to be able to bring that insider in, uh, insight to yeah. them. And, you know, just seeing the next generation is really exciting. Like one of my favorite courses when I teach at Humber is um, the, the, in the fashion program is just to see their creativity and the things that they are so excited to get involved in, whether it's jewelry making or whether it's, you know, um, gender neutral clothing, whatever it is, being able to see their excitement of wanting to go out there and be able to put their stamp uh, out onto the industry, I think is super exciting. So they certainly uh, inspire me. And uh, they also, you know, just their personalities and just seeing how passionate and driven they are about wanting to learn, wanting to, you know, be able to know as much as possible and you know you can you can always tell the ones that are just really super driven and want to get themselves out there and i think that's really important well your your students also get quite a benefit too because of where you are in your career and in the industry and the position and, and title you hold with all the connections you have and that also helps them as well i mean it's a it's a again it goes back to community right Absolutely. And I've always provided myself like my availability to be a mentor to many. And I've had many students like actually it's it's funny that even yesterday I had a phone call with one of my students at Sheridan who wants to get into the fashion industry and asked for a one on one with me just to find out, you know, once I graduate this year, how do I get in? What would you yeah. recommend? What kind of steps? And I, I love being able to be a mentor and coach them because I know for myself when I got into the industry, like I was kind of a fish out of water. I'll be honest with you. Even though I came back, I came from the background of Flair magazine. When you go out there and you're now suddenly putting yourself as a freelancer, it's like, okay, well, well, where exactly am I going to go? What exactly am I going to do? And it's just kind of really evolving and deciding what it is that you, you want to dive into. And I think, so I I've been there and I know what it's like. So I always try to help others navigate things a little bit more clearer and understand where it is that their interest lies and what they want to do to help them and direct them in that, in that uh, journey. I love that. I mean, speaking of mentorship, you, you yourself do a lot of mentorship and I absolutely love what you just said about being able to give back and help others because you remember where you came from 100%. and how it felt to be in their shoes. So I love that you said that. I think that's incredible that you remember because I, I find that so often a lot of people forget where they came from and they, they can't be bothered or they don't make the time to do things like that. So kudos to you for doing that. I think it's absolutely incredible and so selfless. Well, I think it's really important. You know, I, on one of my biggest honors, uh, truthfully was I went back to my old alumni high school mm-hmm. and I was talking to the students who were graduating grade 12 and my old high school. And I'm not even going to tell you how many years ago that was, but it was a long time ago. Oh, it was only about <laughs> six or seven years ago. Yeah, wasn't it? Six or seven, that's all. But, but it was, it was, it was the first time I went back to my high school after so many years. Mm. And uh, so we're talking decades here. And so, but it was surreal because it was beautiful to walk the halls again. Obviously it's changed since then. Yeah. 
Well, being able to walk the halls again, remember certain things, but also to be able to see the students sitting in the lecture uh, hall, which I used to sit in yeah. and be on the stage and tell them about my journey and tell them about the history and, and how I you know, got to where I am today. And I think it's so important to be able to share that story to them because you know, where you start out isn't necessarily where you end up. And there's right. different uh, things that come along the way and the things that you learn and the skills that you gain and the experiences that you have, they're all stepping stones. And, it's, sure. it's, you know, it's important to share that to the young generation who may be struggling, who may not yeah. think that there is an opportunity for them in the industry. And, um, and the school that I went to was a little bit more of a tougher school. Mm-hmm. It wasn't easy. So a lot of the students are struggling students. So it was nice to be able to share my experience and show them that you can do it. That if you do, you know, put put your dedication and put your mind and focus to it, that anything is possible. What an incredible experience. Again, I, just, I love that you love giving back like that. I think that is so important today that we do give back and help out and have these communities because without with community you just you cannot lose everybody wins with community it's just an amazingly beautiful thing when you can give back and help others and have what you do impact others well just like you brad well yeah i yeah i guess i mean it it feels so good to be able to give back and help other people though i mean and for you to be able to go back to your high school and talk to this that i can't even imagine how that must have felt standing on stage it was very cool. It was actually, they, they had it, um, someone from Global News came and covered it. And it was just, it was a really beautiful experience. And like I said, like the nostalgia of being there after so many years. And it was lovely. Like they gave me a plaque, you know, to commemorate. Nice. It was it was really a lovely experience. And that honestly, amazing. yeah, so, it, you know, it's my alumni and I'm always going to be there to support them. And if they ever needed me to ever come in and talk to this, you know, next year's group of students or in person, yeah. whatever it is, like, you're always tied to your roots. And I think it's always important to remember your roots and where you came from. I was just going to say kudos to you for remembering where you came from. Always. Because like I said, not a lot of people do. So yeah, no, it's important. Now you also sit on the Humber college advisory board and fashion industry advisory panel, the city and the city of Toronto. How did these roles come about for you and what types of responsibilities do you have as member, as a member of these boards? Yeah, so um, a lot of them you get requested to be a part of the advisory board. And okay. part of the reason why you're on there is really just to give your input based on your, your you know, because we're, we've got firsthand um, involvement in different aspects and we're so involved in the industry that it's being able to provide our input into various topics. So it could be anything from, you know, educational programs and what programs are relevant and which ones we should continue. It could be based on, you know, co-op experiences, whatever it is. It's our group. What we do is we all come from various aspects of the industries and we provide our insight and input on various opportunities and subjects and initiatives that may be coming down the pipeline. And I think it's important to have every voice heard from all different aspects because what one person may agree to someone else may not for various reasons. So it's nice to be able to hear everybody's voice and everyone's opinion and it's so subjective. And then being able to take all that into consideration when deciding to move forward with whatever the ultimate initiative or goal or objective is. Your work as a fashion stylist and editor has been featured in many magazines. How does it feel for you having your work featured in publications? Do those types of accolades mean a lot to you? I mean, I've spoken to quite a few people about 
receiving awards and accolades and they say, yeah, it, it's, it's wonderful to be acknowledged, but it doesn't mean a lot. So what does it mean for you? Well, I think it's, you know what, I think it's always really, um, it's really wonderful when you have your work being published or, you know, if you've had, like, I've been featured in various magazines and I always find it such an honor to, to do that because I think it's important to have, you know, the platform and the opportunity to be able to share your experience, to share your insight into the industry, to be able to, to have your voice heard. And, you know, just because I've been involved in so, uh, in the industry for so long, I think it's just an honor when they reach out to me and say, you know, can we have your opinion on what the fashion industry is like during this pandemic? And what would you recommend to other entrepreneurs that are struggling at this time? And just so being able to lend your voice and your experience and your insight, I think is super important. So to me, I always find it as an honor. You know, I don't um, all of those things I feel are just they're wonderful um, accomplishments. And I think they're wonderful recognitions but they don't define who I am and what I do. What defines me is me being able to work with amazing individuals or cross paths with amazing individuals in the industry and being able to help them um, achieve their goals or help them rise. And I think to me, that's the ultimate satisfaction and uh, what makes me the most proud. Claudia, to date, what would you say is your biggest high or greatest win? Oh my gosh. Honestly, I mean, I would say I'm more on a personal level. It's my kids. That's my biggest win. And that's they're my biggest high. They really are. Like, honestly, I think my children are my biggest win and my biggest high in my life because they are just incredible beings. And they have gone through a lot over the last uh, two years and with this pandemic. And these kids are just incredible um, being as strong, resilient and, you know, it. I've learned a lot and they, they really do inspire me too. So they would be my personal, uh, hi, my, my personal. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> um, I think on a professional level, I, I would say, you know, one of the things that, that I personally was proud of is, you know, being on a cover of forward fashion magazine recently, that, that was a very cool experience. I thought that was um, really wonderful. And again, it was being able to share, my insights into the industry and experience and talk about it because it was about the pandemic and how you know how we're helping other people and leading this organization has been a wonderful experience as well uh being able to bring my views and my programs and initiatives and um being able to work with such an incredible board of directors i have rock stars for my board of directors and us as a team have been phenomenal in creating, you know, really great programs every single month during a pandemic via Zoom and a virtual platform, you know, has been a challenge, but we have overcome that challenge and have done some amazing things. So those are some of the things, but ultimately I would have to say my children. (laughs) Of course, of course. (laughs) Claudia, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I would honestly say it's really just listening to others. It's really just listening to others. I think that's one of the things I think a lot of people forget to do. They're so busy talking about them and their accomplishments. And you see it a lot, you know, I did this and I did this and I did this. And I think I, one of the things that I love and enjoy doing is actually sitting and listening to others because there's so much power in that and hearing what people have to say and 
you know, I think even when we had last year with the whole, you know, Black Lives movement and the, I think if that taught us anything, it taught us to just stop and listen, listen to others, listen to people's stories, listen to people's experience, listen to the LGBTQ community and what they struggle, Indigenous and what they struggle, like stop and listen. And I think once you listen to other people and you hear their stories and you hear their life and their insight and um, you really learn a lot, you really learn a lot. So I think that would be one of my superpowers is I really enjoy just sitting back and listening to others speak and hearing their stories. For sure. I mean, people just want to be heard. That's, they do. It's, it's a pretty simple thing. A friend yeah. of mine always says we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that quote. It is. It's so a great good. quote. It, 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 and it's so true though. We don't, so many people don't take the time to listen to others. They don't. They don't. You know, yeah. They're, they're so focused on, on what they want to say. That yeah. They don't talk in here. And there's so much valuable information. Yes, in for sure. It, it's and, definitely a skill set. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people have not mastered. That's I for sure. Know, I know. But hopefully it's going in the right direction. Hopefully. hopefully yes. Hopefully. Yeah, here's the hoping. Speaking of success, Claudia, how do you define success? What does that word mean to you? Uh, Well, to me, honestly, it would just come down to, you know, um, the amount of people at the end of the day, or the amount of people that you cross paths with that respect you. To me, that defines success to me, Okay, is the amount of people that respect you. Because I think when you have a tremendous amount of people that respect you, and your integrity and your character shines through, I think that to me is the definition of success. Okay. What is one of your favorite quotes? Oh, I use it all the time when I'm doing my fashion group international. We only rise by lifting others. Yes. I love that. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? It's really just new challenges and trying new things. Like I love to challenge myself and do different things, try different projects, experience new things. And uh, I've been doing that. And it honestly, like, you know, especially with us being during lockdown, yeah. I've become quite the Martha Stewart, let me tell you. <laughs> I, I have been crafting like you would not believe. But no, but it's it's funny because it's stuff like that that really challenges me. Like, I've never been a really good cook. And I have started cooking more and um, really creating some really great, great meals. And Excellent. yeah, and just being able to learn new skills and and challenge myself, read new books, or just being able to, um, you know, learn as much as I possibly can and try different things. And also really take the opportunity to um, learn about other areas other than Uh just like the fashion. So I've been diving into other areas as well and lifestyle and wellness as well. You know, it's funny you say that because you think about that whole bit and, mindset plays a huge part in that because you think about all the people that are full of fear who hate trying new things and who don't try new things because of that fear or self-limiting and self-limiting belief or external noise and the fact that you have just tuned it all out and you you're you're openly embracing trying new things and stepping out of your comfort zone i think that speaks volumes to who you are as a woman and as a person that you are willing to get outside your comfort zone and try new things. I think it's amazing. 
Well, I think that's the first step. The first yeah. step is overcoming that fear. And that's just right. Saying, you know what? Like, it doesn't matter if I fail. Yeah. The only way to learn is to fail multiple that's times. Right. So that's right. Just allow yourself the opportunity to try something and don't be afraid to try it. And I always tell people, like, you don't have to dive right in. You can do it in baby steps, but yeah. try. That's the yeah. first That's the first part is just to try. Well, you'll never know unless you do try. You you and you don't want to be sitting there five years down the road saying, Shit, I wish I tried that five years ago when I was exactly. thinking about it. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent, Brad. And that's that's the mindset you've got to have. It's you interesting. Do. I started reading this. Um, well, it's a it's an online book, but it's 101 Ways to Transform Your Life. Uh-huh. And it's been wonderful just being able to listen and take a and you you can listen to a few at a time or you can do it one day at a time. But it's really a lot of the things are just things that change that mindset of yours. You're changing your mindset into a positive. You're letting go of that energy and that self-doubt and that I can't do that. And you're no, you're changing that mindset to I'm trying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, you know, I, I tell all of my fashion family, you know, get up and dress up and show up. And those three that's things, that's all you have to do every day. Yeah, that's it. If sure. you can do, do those things on a daily basis, then it's a great start. That's awesome. I love it. What is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? I would say find yourself a good mentor that you look up to. And um, that I think is really important. And I think no matter what industry that you're in, if you mm-hmm. find, if you can find someone that you look up to that can help guide you or coach you along your career path, I think that's super important um, as well as I would say network as much as possible, because it's through those connections that you make that really establish, you know, where you go and what direction you go and the people that you continue to meet. So I think that's really important as well. For sure. 100% agree with you. What was a turning point in your life, Claudia? And how did that affect you? Oh my goodness. Um, I would say, you know, I mean, having my children were, was obviously a big turning point in my life because my priorities and my focus changed. You know, when I was at the NBA, um, I traveled so much. I was traveling all these different cities, and it was it was an amazing experience. I was going to the NBA games every single night in the box and watching these games from the suite. And it was, again, a really incredible experience. And then once you you slow down and you have a family, I think children really change you because now your focus and your desire and your responsibilities are on them and making sure that, you know, you put all of your efforts in creating and helping these beautiful human beings grow to, to become amazing individuals. And so that's really uh, where my life changed and my focus changed, where I learned to slow things down Mm -hmm. to enjoy the time because everyone always says they grow quickly and they really yes, do. They do. They really time do. Flies. So they do. So it's just really just enjoying the time and really enjoying them and being present, I think is super important. So I, that's really been a turning point in my life where I still do the things that I love doing, yeah. but it's now balancing it and making sure that I'm always present and always available and a part of their lives in a very important way. That's it. Balance is key for sure. Absolutely. Claudia, what advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? Oh, God. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I would just, my career is, is not your traditional path, but 
I would honestly say that if you wanted to get into the fashion industry, you know, get involved in an organization that you're truly, that truly speaks to you. You know, I obviously love my organization. Yes, of course. I love the members <laughs> of it. And, and I think it's, it's a wonderful and the fact that it's global and in so many different countries, because we're in like Seoul, we're in Colombia, we're in Dominican. Wow. We're, yeah. So we're in London. And so we're, we're globally in, which is nice because if you happen to be in New York, when we can all fly, you know, you can attend there, you can go right. to Columbia, you could go to Dominican, you can actually start, you can be a part of every single um, chapter that's located within the 26 and attend their events. So it's nice that way, but depending on what area you want to get into, get involved. Like there's some really great organizations out there that are on sustainability. There's one that provides studio space like Toronto Fashion Incubator um, has some great mentorship programs as well. And then they also provide studio space for emerging designers. Okay. So there's a lot of really great organizations. I would say find someone in the industry that you look up to. And, you know, even if you aren't able to get them as a mentor, see if you can schedule, you know, a 15 minute virtual call yeah. and have a, have a virtual coffee chat with them and learn about their life and find out a little bit about how they got into the things that they get, they got into and get some advice and some, some insight into their path because that will help you as well. And I think that's super important. So that would be my advice is, you know, align yourself with an organization, but also find someone in the industry that can help guide you. Fashion Group International. (laughs) Yes, I guess. Shameless plug there. (laughs) Membership (laughs) membership has its privileges. It certainly does. It certainly does. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Claudia, who have been the three most influential people in your life? Oh my goodness. Um, Well, my parents for sure, because they really helped from a very early age kind of Mm -hmm. develop uh, the person that I am today. And I would say definitely my significant other. He has been incredible in terms of growth and change and um, just even strength within. Uh He's been tremendous. And I would say my mentor, Roger, who has really helped me navigate the fashion industry and, and really help me get to where I am today. I'm I'm seeing a real theme here with you. Mentorship, mentorship, mentorship. You know, it's important. I think it's so important, especially with our industry. Like, I don't know what it's like in various other industries, but I know like with ours in particular, like, let's be honest, Brad, fashion is not as glamorous as, as it is. Yes, for sure. Like if you're a big, you know, Versace or Gucci, you know, of course the, though they're, they've been established for so many years. If you're an emerging designer in Toronto, trying to make it big or trying to get your brand out there. It's really tough uh-huh. to do it on your own unless uh-huh. you have someone to help you navigate how to be able to get um, funding, how to be able to get marketing, yeah. you know, how do you pre- create content, how do you create a show, how do you put together a collection, uh-huh. how do you get your stuff shown out there on uh, a runway, like all of those questions that people just don't know where to begin. Well, I mean, the designers like Versace and so forth, they started somewhere too. They started at the bottom. I mean, it. I, I agree. Mentorship is so key. I mean, I think that those of us who have gone forward and, and are at a certain level in our careers and positions and whatnot, I think it's kind of a responsibility almost for us to help others. I mean, why wouldn't you help? I mean, I mean I've come across people that, are very um, 
they're knowledge hoarders. They don't want to share the knowledge they have, which always boggles my mind. I, I, I can't figure out other than fear of losing their job or fear of yeah. someone doing better. I, I honestly, I don't understand why people hoard knowledge. Why wouldn't you share what you've learned? If you can make it easier for someone else be- that came, that's coming up after you, why wouldn't you right. help them? But that's what it is. It comes down yeah. to security. Like the reason why people hold back is, is for no other reason other than them being insecure about their abilities and the knowledge and experience that they have. Because if you have it, why wouldn't you share it unless you, yes. were, you were insecure about yourself and the fact that you may lose something out of it right but that's why i always say like we only rise by lifting others are you helping other people it ends up benefiting you in the end because it does come back to you for sure it does i mean and i i'm honestly i'm of the mindset i mean me being a photographer i was stuck in that mindset of competition and worried about other what other photographers are doing but if you think about it, there's honestly more than enough work to there go is. around for everybody. I mean, you've got to look at it like no one sees things the way you do. No, one, I mean, with regards to photography, no one sees things the way I do through the lens. No one has my eye. No one offers the customer um, experience like I do. So, it, again, it comes back to mindset and shifting that mindset around being comfortable with who you are and your skill set and your skill level share the knowledge. I, I, 100%. I well, know. what, you know, that's why I, I always say like, you know, everybody's superpower is their uniqueness. Yes. Because Brad, no one sees things through the lens, like than your, yourself. That's you right. You only see things a certain way. You yeah. only use lighting and yeah. visuals and angles and such. You do it your own unique way. There that's is right. no other you. So that is your superpower and nobody can touch that. That's what makes you unique. So that's each right. one of us, are unique in our own way. And so there is no competition here. We no. all bring something to the table. And it's the same thing with the fashion industry. Yeah. Like people ask me all the time, like what's the biggest myth in the fashion industry? Well, you know, it's the fact that we're all against each other. And yeah. we're not. like if, if this last year did not show you how everybody was like pushing everybody else, yeah. like every single organization was pushing other organizations and other designers and other collaborators and such. We were all lifting one another. There was no, Oh, I'm going to do this with the fear of, you know, someone taking this. There was nothing of that. And we really are very unified. I think we are stronger when we all stand together forward than, you know, facing each other. So that's right. As a community, we thrive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Claudia, what does the word empowerment mean to you? To me, it's it's about inner confidence and the imbil- the ability to just have confidence in yourself and being able to have the power within you to do the things that you want to do and not um, having anything stop you. And I think by doing that, you also empower others by giving other people the confidence in themselves as well and being able to also help them rise by giving them the tools or the knowledge or the experience or being able to give them the strength and the confidence to be able to do the things that they want to do as well. So I think you find it within yourself first and foremost. And I think also being able to take that and being able to um, help others as well. Everything we've just been talking about, mentorship and sharing knowledge and all of it. 100%, all of that. 
100%. But having the confidence is, is the key. You have to have confidence within yourself. For sure. Speak that within yourself and change that mindset and then being able to, to share that with others. Everything, absolutely everything starts with the foundation of you, foundation of self, 100%. Absolutely. absolutely. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? Uh, you know, one of the things I would say, um, I mean, I've learned a lot of things in my life. I've learned that you don't let other people define you, that you define yourself. I think that's really important. I feel that, um, you know, know your worth, regardless of what you do. and Don't settle for anything less. And that's one of the things that I have always pushed forth that no matter what, um, no matter what industry I'm in, no matter what job I've taken, know your worth, know what you bring to the table and don't settle or don't let anyone tell you that you're less than or uh, worthy of anything more than what you are. And, um, and one of the things that I always believed is, you know, people always try to seek out happiness for themselves. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when you try to keep looking for that happiness for yourself, it tends to elude you. But when you start to seek out happiness for other people that are around you, it will always find its way to you. Yeah. It comes back to you always. Yeah. I would agree with that. Okay. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next group of questions be one, two, three word answer type thing. Okay. All right. Claudia, how would you describe yourself in one word? Unique. What was your dream job as a child? Fashion designer. (laughs) Really? Yes, I did. How ironic. I know, right? Full circle. Full circle, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Money or fame? Oh, if I had to pick only between those two? Yeah. Money. Early bird or night owl? Definitely night owl. I knew it. I knew it. Creatives are just night owls. Yeah. (laughs) If you were writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Oh, gosh. From fractions to fashion. Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Brilliant title. Aside from necessities, what's one thing you could not go without? Love. What's one thing you've always wanted to do in life but never have? Travel the world. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? Oh, gosh. I have a warning label. Too hot to handle. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Forgiveness. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Eternal good health. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? Any, the get rid of inequality. What is your favorite entrepreneurial book? Oh gosh. Believe or it or one not. of your favorites. Um, believe it or not, probably the, well, there's a few. Okay. Um, give me, let's, let's hear them. Well, there's, there's the book, uh, Grace that Grace Coddington did. That was, that was one of my favorites. Okay. Do you have a couple more you could recommend? There's a few, with, but they're more like self, uh, self-help. self Okay. You Are the Universe mm-hmm. is one of the ones that I, uh, and uh, all those ones that are good for the soul. 
Yeah. Collections. Okay. All right. That concludes our rapid fire section. Claudia, what's the most recent investment you've made in yourself? Time. Giving Um, myself time to really just be able to enjoy enjoy things like being able to go enjoy the outdoors, mm-hmm. being able to, to put more time in self-care, to be able to have more time with my children. So time. Okay. Like giving myself more. Yeah. What is the one common myth about your industry that you'd like to debunk? You know what, Brad, like I mentioned before, everybody always thinks we're all, you know, competing against each other and where I don't believe we are. I really feel that we are such a unified front. We all want this industry to be strong and to be able to continue, um, you know, being very prominent in Canada and also recognized internationally. And I do believe that we are stronger in numbers and that we are all working together to celebrate the incredible talent that we have here in Canada and to also keep us on the map globally. I hear you have quite the shoe collection. Oh, Can no, you tell us a bit about it. that collection yeah. of yours? <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, I do. I have a room dedicated to my shoes. Yes. A room? I have a room dedicated <laughs> to my shoes. I Not a closet, but a room. A room. It's actually a room. So I have probably... Like a closet-sized room? <laughs> it's a room. It's, it's a generous bedroom. Are you closet. kidding me? Yes, it's one of my bedrooms that have been converted into uh, a shoe room. So I have, without including boots and sneakers, I probably have over 400 and something. What? Yeah. Okay, how about including boots and sneakers? Oh, gosh. I would say we're probably hitting close to the 500 mark. (laughs) Yeah. That is crazy. How long have you been working on amassing this collection? You know what? It's... started trickling when I started getting into the fashion industry with Flair magazine and I would you know started buying a couple of shoes here and there and so it's amassed itself over the last I would say seven or so years seven to ten years but they're all unique like I'm never one to buy a single pump in ten different colors like I'm not that girl, I'm not that girl. so every single shoe is actually extremely unique so there's not any shoe that's identical in my closet. Wow. (laughs) That's quite the feat and quite the collection. I can't believe you have a room dedicated to your shoe collection. (laughs) Well, you know, just like other people collect certain things. Yeah. Yeah. Or pins. I collect shoes. All right. (laughs) But yeah, I love, you know what? I love my shoes. And to me, it's just, it really kind of makes the outfit. It really does. And yeah, it, it's a reflection as well of my personality Yeah. depending on what my personality is or what my mood is for that day. You know, it's a, it's a great way to be able to put shoes in and really let everybody know I'm feeling playful today or I'm feeling, you know, a little bit conservative. <laughs> I would, I would almost think that too much choice, it'd be too hard to decide what the hell to wear. You know what? It really isn't because when you, when you go into my closet, it's first of all, it's it's perfectly. Hang on, done. hang on, one second. Yeah. Your room, not your closet. You just yeah. it's a room, not a in closet. Bubble <laughs> door entry into my room. So <laughs> when you go into my room, it's it's perfectly organized in the way that it's all color coded and. Oh my god! Yeah, so <laughs> we got the neutrals and the black and gold, and then it goes into the 
the Louboutin section and then it goes back into the black and silver and then it goes back into color. So it's all done. So when I go in and I know what I, whatever outfit I have on, like it's right away, I know which shoe. Wow. Yeah. It's- okay. I got to know how long did it take you to organize your collection? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, it took a while to get this, this room done, but when it was done, I probably took a good solid three days. <laughs> yeah because you know it's shuffling things and moving things around but yeah it took a good solid three days wow well there. good for you hey <laughs> <laughs> awesome <laughs> but you know it's funny because you the it's just amazing to see people's reaction when they walk in like it's it's so priceless to see i could i could only imagine <laughs> but it's my happy place Brad. well hey whatever works yeah <laughs> Claudia, if you could sit down and have a one-hour conversation with anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be and why? I would say Alexander McQueen. Okay. Because I've always been such a huge fan of his work and the detail and um, just the creativity. The man was genius. And when I watched his documentary, like, not going to lie, I totally cried. But it was just to see, you know, the way that his thought and his imagination and his creativity and pushing the limits and pushing the boundaries of fashion and just each one being so theatrical and storytelling. I would love to have the opportunity to sit down with him and just be able to to hear his story. If you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you? Actually, you already did ask the question, which was really what was what would be the advice that I would give to others starting out in the industry. And I think that's a really important question um, to be able to, to ask. And you did. And I think it's really important to always give back. I think when you, when you get to a certain point in your career, you know, um, and you've accomplished, accomplished things in your career, whether it's personal or whether it's professional, doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. You kind of get to a point in your life where you're like, okay, now it's my time to give back to others. Now it's my time to help others achieve their goals and their aspirations and their desires or help them navigate this industry that was a little tough for me. I've learned so much that I want to be able to extend that learning to someone else. So I think, you know, if you ever have an opportunity in your life, like, like you're doing and like so many others. Like you're doing. Well, thank you. But yeah, just give back to others because it's so rewarding yeah. to be able to see um, other people accomplish things. And For sure. On the rise. And to me, that honestly, that's my, pro- my proudest moment is being able to celebrate. And the other thing too is Canadians as a whole, us Canadians, mm-hmm. We Canadians yes. tend to be very polite in the sense yes. that we're not bragging up about our accomplishments. So yeah. you know, when a designer makes a cover or someone gets seen on Vogue.com or whatever it is, we tend to wait for them to acknowledge us or uh-huh. other people to acknowledge us. Whereas we would really need to take the opportunity and say, I did this. Yes. I accomplished this. And I'm so proud of myself because it took 10 years of blood, sweat, and tears. And it took yep. time to be able to do that. So whether it's an inner goal of being able to accomplish anything in your personal life or personal self, or whether it be something professional, take that time to really celebrate and enjoy that moment. Because we tend to always just move on to the next and move on to the next. That's right. That's right. I agree. We, we should be celebrating the small successes and small wins. Take the time to smell the flowers, revel in your success and your accomplishments. And 
to echo what you're saying about giving back I, and what you said, when you reach a certain point in your career or you've accomplished a certain amount, I th- like I said, I think it's almost an obligation or responsibility to give back and help and mentor others. Yeah, I think, and it's, it's so rewarding to do so because it is. it's just, you know, it's like paying it forward. Like, I think if anything, it's just good karma and you're paying it forward and you're helping the next generation. You're helping the next group of individuals to really be able to rise and imagine being able to celebrate their success with them. How wonderful is that? To be Absolutely. Able? Yeah. I, I think it's, it's so incredibly important. I love that, that this common thread throughout the entire interview of this giving back. And I just love it. I think it's amazing. You are an amazingly inspiring and beautiful human being, Claudia. I think it's incredible and it's refreshing to hear that attitude and, and that willingness to give back. I mean, I know that I've, I've noticed a lot more of that um, attitude and, and behavior over the past year with doing the podcast. And I think probably the lockdown has had a lot to do with it too, but I'm seeing more and more of people willing and wanting to help and give back. And I think it's so inspiring and so refreshing to see and hear that. And I think it's so important. Yeah. Like, I, like you were saying with this pandemic, with everybody just really struggling, like this is the time more than ever where people need that extra bit of support. They need to be heard. They need that advice or that insight or um, that network, whatever it is, that connection, but just being able to take that time out, like at the end of the day, 10 minutes or 15 minutes of your time yeah. is, is invaluable to someone else. Absolutely. Lastly, Claudia, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? I would say don't stress the small stuff and don't worry about the things that you cannot control because there's so many things in life that happen along the way that are out of your control and you can't do anything about it. So just continue to move forward as long as you continue to move forward and um, not look back, then I think that's the key. But I would say don't stress the small stuff. Well, I mean, we, we shouldn't, it's, it's easier said than done, but we shouldn't stress the things we have no control over because you can't do anything about it and you're causing yourself unnecessary stress and, and anguish and pain and suffering. You can't change. There are certain things you have no control over. No, the only thing you can control is how you handle them and how there you go. That's the internal part, right? You can't control the external things that happen in life, but you can control how you, how you deal with them. And that's You've got to change that mindset to be positive and be able to deal with it and say, you know what, it is what it is. And I'm just going to have to deal with it and move forward. Mindset shift is not an easy thing though. It, it takes a lot of work. And this again, goes back to what you mentioned earlier in the interview, talking mm-hmm. about everything beginning with self, like working on yourself first. hundred percent. And I, and you know, I think this time that we've had to ourselves has mm-hmm. really given us that opportunity to yeah. do things more than ever, because you know, the world just suddenly stopped and yes. slowed down. And now there, we have a lot more time on our hands, you know, than, than we normally would have when we were hustle and bustle on a nine yeah. job or whatever it was that I think now we have a lot of time to reflect. So I think it's really important to do that. And like, look at this pandemic. We can't control this pandemic. We That's don't right. know when it's going to end. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I even said when, when we have our FGI events is, 
listen, guys, I'm not going to keep talking about this pandemic. Like we know it's happening. We know it's had a negative effect. We know it's been really tough. Like I get that. So let's focus on the positive. We're going to create things. We're going to talk about things. We're going to do things that are going to help us better ourselves and better our businesses. Because it is what it is and we can't control that, but we can control being able to persevere and do certain things that will help us grow, develop, empower and be able to elevate ourselves and our brands. For sure. Finding the silver lining and we need more, more people need to do that. It's easy to get drawn in and sucked into the negativity of it and dwell on it and and just live in it, but it's certainly not going to do you any good. No, it doesn't take you anywhere. Well, that's the thing. It's in the past, right? Yeah. You start talking about that. It's like, but that's the past. Yeah. Why are you putting all that energy on yeah. something that has long gone and is in the past, you have to take that same energy and put it on something that's going to be productive for you in the future. Exactly. Claudia, thank you so much. This has been an incredibly thoroughly enjoyable conversation and so inspirational and had good laughs and I've learned a lot and I just, it's been such an incredible experience chatting with you. Thank you so very much for taking the time to be here and share your story and your journey. I appreciate you and the work you're doing is incredible. Your attitude is amazing. I love it. I just, you, it's infectious. Thank you so very much. I am so happy and honored and proud to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. Well, it's my pleasure. And thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this podcast. You are doing amazing things in this industry. And I am, you know, just as honored, excuse me, just as honored to to be a part of this uh, conversation. So thank you for allowing me. My pleasure and my honor. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh. I am the host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Claudia Capalbo. She is the Regional Director of Fashion Group International Toronto and a Professor of Fashion, Marketing and Public Relations. Thanks again so much, Claudia. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. You too, Brad. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca. Follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.